episode three of the Challenge All-Stars is called I've Got the Power, which is a great jam and has one of my favorite, I don't know that we want to call it rap lyrics, but rap adjacent lyrics, where the rapper from Snap says he's the lyrical Jesse James, which is just such a nice, tidy, early 90s lyric. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. As I said, talking about the challenge all-stars. Sheldon, I know it's going to be a good podcast episode when I make you laugh before you can even say your name. That's when I know that we're starting strong. That is fair. That is fair. The giggles are, are happening. It's one of those days where we've been talking well before we've actually hit record. So, yeah. It's going to be one of those also, I want. Yes, it is. And I want to say, on the note of music, after our comments uh, from episode one about the music, we got all sorts of reacts about the music we missed out on. So I want to give a shout out to, I hope I'm saying your name, your last name right, uh, Mandy Alperin, the infamous Blazer Girl 77. Yes. Who sent us like a highlight reel, uh, a deep pince off who I name checked in episode one. Uh, also told me about some of the music. There is a great moment uh, that she described about Fessy mm-hmm. uh, when they were showing like him letting down all his partners. They played uh, Karma Chameleon. <laughs> yeah. See, we mi- we missed out on so much. And I also have to say, so far, I'm enjoying All Stars. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Okay. I'm really loving the soundtrack, like more than anything, like when 100% Pure Love came on, I was like, oh shit, like I forgot, I was, I was a big Extendamix kid in the early 90s, Dance Mix 92 and Dance Mix 93. What a reference, like there's like 5% of our listeners that will know what Extendamix is, no? <laughs> no, you're totally right. <laughs> Incredible reference though, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Much music, Thank you. shouts. Uh, but I'm curious, Sheldon, what do you think of this season so far? I'll agree. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought, but I'll be honest. And I think I wasn't really shy about it coming in. I didn't have many expectations, right? Like I didn't have much expectations coming in. So I, I'll, I've been pleasantly surprised. Like I've been enjoying it. And I would actually, so there's a, uh, one of my boys I work with, Timmy Hags, right? He jumped back into watching the challenge, but one of the things that was interesting was the debate over last season. And if we liked it, that there wasn't the like fighting and arguing and like just a crazy, like goon angle (laughs) or Jersey shore angle of the challenge that we grew up on. And so with that said, this season, I feel like a lot of people would be drawn into this season because it has that survivor esque wide net where right but like it remains where the majority of the show is just about you know gameplay strategy should you use a lifesaver who would you use it on but what's going to happen if you don't use it like all that stuff and i think that part's really cool i was thinking about it uh, as i watched the last the episodes three and four and i think for me the current challenge like double agents has been shaped so strongly by johnny bananas and wes in particular for better and for worse 
and the all-star season is sort of absent their presence Mm -hmm. and by this i mean two things the first is both johnny and wes form massive alliances as soon as they get in to any house Mm -hmm. and that's not what everyone does right like i know wes was on the most recent was on double agents he didn't really he wasn't really able to build that alliance but everyone else had an alliance right like the house is basically immediately in half Mm -hmm. or sometimes three quarters of the house working in tandem whereas on all stars from what we've seen so far it's maybe four people that are working together or it's just their friends like i you can't even say that they're an alliance but they're just like yeah that's my friend i'm not gonna like i'm just gonna vote the way they want i'm gonna vote in a way that's beneficial to them the other thing that struck me has struck me so far four episodes in and we're going to talk about episode three today is that um because of johnny bananas everyone comes into the house in a regular season in game shape Hmm. okay not everyone has come into the all-star house in game shape and like i'm not saying that to speak ill of anyone i'm just saying that some people are just like coming as they are yeah and like that's okay whereas like there's no one that isn't coming into a challenge house like of current seasons that isn't like watching their diet has laid off booze has like a workout regime planned has a personal trainer and it's just like it's it creates a different vibe yeah there's a definite sense on this season so far as i watch it it's like I don't know who the the alliances are really like we're kind of learning okay this person's kind of friends with this person this person was on a season with this person but we don't really know like a large group like you know uh mark and Derek are working together but you don't really know like the four other people that are on their side yet right we don't know that yet well in episode three we saw we started by seeing two people that are going to work together in more ways than one jemmy and nehemiah are Mm -hmm. talking game and nehemiah tells us that he's always relied on his athleticism and he's never really been into politics but jemmy she's all about the politics Mm -hmm. and at the same time beth and cyrus are talking about nicknames and you know me i'm a big nickname guy (laughs) And then, but then Beth turns it to saying how much she likes Jemmy and how uh, she, Jemmy, is Beth's challenged daughter. So those four, although they're not all in the same scene, they're sort of forming a bit, a squad. A bit of an alliance. It, it, that's probably a better term than an alliance because these are like Cyrus and Beth are real life friends. <laughs> they hang out together. Jemmy and Nehemiah are hitting it off in all sorts of ways so and obviously jemmy and beth feel they have a connection so like the four of them it's not purely political it's in the regular challenge we'll see people in alliances that don't even really like each other but like it works yeah they're doing it for the numbers benefit yeah exactly uh yeah i mean in terms of that foursome it makes sense for them for sure i think their personalities also all click with each other and you know for nehemiah and jemmy to kind of understand the need for each other obviously as you stated in more ways than one (laughs) right (laughs) is interesting and i think like 
really makes this an interesting dynamic going forward because, you know, well, we'll we'll get there. Uh, let's t- talk about the nicknames for a sec. Which which was your favorite nickname? Ruth on fire. I'm, Ruth Ruth Ruth. <laughs> I think Ruth on fire was the best. Okay. I have to say, I like Cyrus made it sound like they had a million, but we only really heard three or four. Yeah. And they weren't top notch. Like to me, the first one you go with would be Baby Ruth. Okay. Right, like the chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Or Babe Ruth, if you're feeling a little flirtatious with Ruth. Okay. But uh, what did you like? Uh, I think Ken Doll makes sense. Like uh, I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. It's a it's a funny play on words, play on her name. Yeah, I didn't mind Ken Doll. Um, Ruthie, you know what I they, found? We- sorry, no, go on. I was just gonna say, in terms of nicknames, and we hear it in episode four. It seems like the sort of house vibe in terms of nicknames is that they just say the second syllable of a name oddly so they call you like sheldon yeah yeah, yeah. seems to be because like at one point they say alton and that's not how you say alton <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 right and like ken doll yeah. like they seem to be doing that it doesn't work with john but that seems to be sort of like how they're doing it just like how in the mid-2000s every nba player was their initials and then their jersey number yep. You know, like how people get into phases like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of thing. It was a thing. It was a thing. One thing I found interesting for me watching this was I'm still, like, I'm seeing these people, but it didn't fully register who they were. And, like, slowly I'd be like, okay, I kind of remember this person now. So, like, Ruthie, for yeah. example, in tech, like, I remembered them, right? And we talked about Van Wilder on, the, on a previous episode for sure. But, like... Uh, Ruthie, for example, I'm like, oh, okay, I think I remember more of Ruthie now. But the one that really clicked for me was Arissa. Because Arissa, I was like, I didn't really remember her at all. And then they showed like a couple more flashback scenes. And I was like, oh, I do remember her. I had that same moment. It caught me so off guard. It caught me so off guard. Um, (laughs) But speaking of flashback scenes was... A flash the challenge was a flashback scene right because it was this melt away challenge which really was kind of dumb right like you had to it's a huge block of ice and you got to melt it away i guess trying to use your body heat like really it's just done for something you could put in a promo right because you're gonna get like four or five funny shots of people basically dry humping each other on this block of ice but (laughs) In actual in actuality, it's a pretty stupid challenge, right? It is, but this is the sort of more fun thing that they used to do, yes. right? Like it melts away as a classic. I will say, it was obviously so sexual, mm. and all I can say is, it really made our lockdown seem even longer. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. For our American friends, we are still in lockdown at least until June 2nd. So Toronto, Ontario, Canada yes. is the longest lockdown city in North America. Yes. We've been in a form of lockdown since November. Pray for us. Yes. Yes. Um, it's been a long time. We'll say I had that. a question though. <laughs> <laughs> What's your strategy here, Sheldon? There's like if no you have to... Hold on. 
my one thing is there's no real strategy because it's just dumb and i wonder how long they let them go along with it until they brought out the hammers but apparently it was like hours like apparently they were at this forever ridiculous but my one question is did Darrell actually pee or was it just like a strategically framed like did they make it appear that way i think i think it had to be strategically framed because like his teammates weren't reacting at all and like i'm sorry if someone starts peeing next to you on on a block of ice that you're like touching physically engaging with you're gonna have a reaction like you're gonna look away to give them like some discretion or you're gonna be shocked but they were all like oh this is this is fine this is business as usual but also you can't like pee can't. on it and then have people then jump on it and like grind all over it like that can't be a thing right no so i found that kind of weird um that's how you get a frozen yeast infection jeez <laughs> this podcast taking a turn um but yeah i I don't know i found i found this challenge is super weird and i was kind of happy that they they finally gave them the hammer because i was like this is just dumb like how are how is this going to keep going how much longer is this going to be like i found it kind of ridiculous right so finally when they no go on I was just going to say, I love how Darrell put it. I'm about to go apeshit on this ice. (laughs) I have to say, another benefit of this season of Mm All-Stars is that they're allowed to swear, and I feel like we're getting way more Darrell because of the swearing. Like, I feel like suddenly we have, like, 25% more Darrell quotes Mm -hmm. because we get him literally unfiltered and uncensored. Why can't you swear on MTV? It's a great question interesting i don't know i don't know why either uh, again lends credence to your pg-13 uh theory like they're trying to take the challenge to cbs or something yeah um so yeah people are using all kinds of strategies i don't know i, I thought it was very weird um <laughs> arissa might have had the most interesting strategy she was trying mm-hmm. to like visualize the sun to have the sun come out to melt it. Yeah. Which she called on her ancestors for their help. Yeah. I was getting serious Kyrie Irving sage vibes from Marissa. <laughs> but I was like, oh, all right, sure. She's, um, uh, you know, she's doing her own thing. Hey, whatever she's works better. for you, I'm not going to knock it. Definitely not going to knock it. Um, so the gold team, which I guess we didn't even say who were on whatever teams, but the gold team that had Mark, Beth, Jemmy, and Alton, they basically broke down their ice first, got the their shields, and then you had to put them into order chronologically in terms of the seasons of the challenge. And Jemmy was very happily bragging about her ability to remember all the seasons and you know, it was kind of close because Durrell said that he was studying too. But either way, like, did anything else stand out or should we just go right away to the, like, were you surprised? I guess here's a question. I got a question for you. Okay. Is it on Katie and Nehemiah to actually remember the order? Like, because Jemmy Jemmy and Durrell, right? They both talked about how, like, they studied so that they would remember the order of the seasons, knowing that at some point it would come up, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Big Easy at one point is getting mad at Katie and Nehemiah because they were on certain seasons. Like there's a scene where he's like, Nehemiah, weren't you on this season? And and Katie jumps in. She's like, I was there too. And I don't remember. Is it on them to remember the names of the seasons if they were on them or the order of the seasons? I think so. You think so? I don't. I, think so. I don't really think so. I think so. Like, I mean, the problem is the names Inferno and the Gauntlet are so generic. Mm -hmm. But also, like, that's like saying, like, you forgot what classes you had and what grade. Like, there's a, like... No, I do, You couldn't name... (laughs) (laughs) What I do. (laughs) All right. I mean, maybe we have different memories. Uh, I'm very good with, like experiential memories like i could tell you my class schedule throughout high school what with for every year for real little difficulty yeah wow that's impressive that's like is it impressive i I mean i'm I'm stunned like i I don't know i your class schedule i could maybe remember like oac just because just based off of like what classes I was late for in the morning and what classes I was most likely probably skipping at the end. I'm not saying I'd be able to get all of them, but I'd be able to get like 75% of them in order. That's incredible. I can also still remember my ICQ number though. So that's just. What? Maybe I should add that to the, uh, when we do our social media, if you want to get at me on ICQ, Four zero zero six one zero eight zero. Yo, come on! I'm never man. on it. <laughs> come on, man! <laughs> what is going on? Uh, so, anyways, uh, uh, sorry, I do want to say though that I think an important point that has to be made is there is an advantage that Jemmy and Darrell have, and to a lesser extent, Nehemiah and Derek. I'd say. Um, and John A, perhaps, those five were most recently on the challenge. Okay. Of anyone. Oh, and Anissa. Obviously, Darrell and Anissa were on last season, mm-hmm. right? Like, they basically went straight from Double Agents to this. And those six, they know what they're in for. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to have Darrell, we're not going to hear Darrell say, What's a pole wrestle? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, the, so Darrell and Jemmy, as examples, Anissa, they, I bet you Anissa studied too. Like they know going in that the game has changed, right? Like they're bringing that sort of post Johnny Bananas competitive energy Yeah. that I think a lot of these folks aren't bringing where they're just sort of like, yeah, we're going to hang out and we're going to do these goofy things. And like, it's interesting, you know, we'll vote each other in. Whereas I think... Yeah, a Durell or a Jemmy, like, they know you got to practice puzzles or whatever, yeah. right? Like, they know they have a better sense of what the producers expect now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, you, you mentioned Jemmy, and it was kind of funny how it went because TJ was doing his best TJ, where he says the team that got it first was the goal team. And they start celebrating. Everyone's happy. They're jumping up and down. He's like, but you had two team penalties because one of the rules were if you damaged one of the shields while using the hammer trying to smash the the ice, 
you would get a five minute penalty for each damaged shield. And their team had two damaged shields. That's a 10 minute penalty, which meant that the silver team captained by Darrell and Kendall (laughs) were the winners. So what did you think of that part of it? Just the, the little note that if you did break the shield, then you would be penalized. Were you cool with that? Well, TJ, TJ said it many times. For sure. And I knew that people were going to come at it too hard and uh, just break a shield anyway, which makes me wonder, like, how fragile were these, were these shields? The other thing that we have to talk about, because it plays into what happens later, is that when everyone's finishing, but before TJ has announced who finished first and who won, Tech starts talking shit to Nehemiah, mm-hmm. whose team seemingly finished last. Yeah. And Nehemiah, as like Tech starts to talk shit, Nehemiah is like, hey, bro, are you sure you want to do that? Because like you might wind up in an elimination against me. And Tech just like keeps going. Yeah. Which I have a lot of sympathy for because sometimes I don't know when to shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So afterwards, they're all back at the house, and Mark approaches Nehemiah and is like, Hey, Nehemiah, how do you feel about things? He basically phrased it that way. And Nehemiah is like, I want tech. <laughs> like, I like tech. He's funny. He's great. But I felt disrespected in that post elimination. Like, I sort of gave him the warning, like, stop talking shit. Yeah. And he kept going. So let's go in. And Mark says something in confessional that you and I say all the time. So. Let's just assume he was quoting us. Mm -hmm. Don't give people an excuse to call you down. Correct. And Tech gave Nehemiah an excuse. And Mark also puts it perfectly. Tech is seemingly an easy out for Nehemiah. And Tech has given Nehemiah an excuse. Yeah. Right? Instead of Nehemiah going to the house and be like, I want Tech because I can take him. He can say, I can take tech because he disrespected me. And that's all the cover you need. And people will be like, all right, cool, no problem. And that's done. And that's something you and I say like every season. Totally agree, my dude. Totally agree. And I think that if you're tech, you're talking trash just for the sake of talking trash. Cool. Um, And Neam, I don't really get why tech was talking so much trash. But overall, I will say my main point here is that I just like the twist of if you're the captain of the team that loses, you go automatically into the elimination. But it does beg the question, why would anyone volunteer to be the captain? That's a great question. <laughs> I think I think we're at a point now, though, where everyone's starting to say things like, well, I was a captain last challenge. For sure. So, like, not it. And, mm-hmm. like, others are saying, okay, like, I think... She- Jemmy even said at one point, no, this is on episode four, but Jemmy says, like, Beth, I was captain last time, so it's on you this time. Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. now they're starting to, like, talk amongst themselves and, like, they know it's not desirable, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has to put their head on the chopping block. No, for sure. For sure. Um, Then we get to the nomination ceremony, and this is actually my line of the episode (laughs) because. Right away, Tech is just like, my name is Tech Money from the real world. (laughs) I'm going to make it easy. (laughs) I'm going to nominate myself. And it's like, hey, if you're going to nominate yourself, 
actually, let me just be blatantly honest. No matter what he was going to say after the words, my name is Tech Money from the real world, <laughs> I was going to roll with it and <laughs> be like, this is my line of the episode. So cool that he nominated himself. He made it easy for everyone. Cool. Great. But my name is Tech Money from the real world. <laughs> cool. I'm in on that. I liked what the producers did where they showed Derek in confessional praising tech and then immediately cut to Jemmy calling him an idiot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know what? Both of them had good reasons. Yeah. Yep. Like both of their, their logic was sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to the, I don't want to say the club scene, but they're partying and I'm living for these party scenes. Okay. And they are all clearly in their cups, which I'm also super into. Mm-hmm. And Jemmy decides that she's going to put in that work. And she says that she's there for Tech and for Nehemiah. So for them to go in against each other is sort of a worst case scenario for her. Yeah. So she's encouraging Nehemiah to ask Kendall to use the lifesaver and put in Big Easy instead drunk kendall is doing too much and just floating around the bar talking about how she's going to use the lifesaver we have several people in confessional saying that like kendall has all the guys on edge Mm -hmm. uh and so this seems to maybe be the plan kendall will take tech off put down big easy yeah and like it seems like no one likes Big Easy. So there's I'm there's not. a couple things going on here that I find super interesting, right? And the first thing is Kendall just being high on life, which like yeah is funny because we don't really see that often on like normal seasons of the challenge. Mostly because the people that are coming on and drinking are like in their party phase. So if they're drunk, they're just going way too ham and getting way too crazy. Whereas in this instance, it's clearly the person who doesn't really drink that often or who hasn't really drank in a long time. So they're not really being too annoying or too like, you know, drunk and stupid or whatever, but they're just talking a little loud. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. yo, chill out. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You know what they are? You know what Kendall is specifically? She's mom drunk. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And mom, mom drunk is a good vibe. But it's funny though, right? Because she wasn't like being mean or angry or rude. She just on a vibe. She just happy and maybe just talking a little loud. She was happy to like socialize. Like, was... She's extra chatty. I think it was Kellyanne that was like, "Hey, lower your voice." Was, <laughs> she was talking was. so much game so loudly, like she lost control of the volume of her voice. I don't know if it's because uh, of this season and the like throwback music, but every time I hear Kellyanne now, I just think of that girl, that girl Kellyanne. Even though it's that's not the song, but that I just replaced <laughs> the name Kellyanne. Like I don't know, but anyways, sorry. <laughs> I know. That was, I'm, I'm gonna need a second. Podcast peoples, I apologize. This is just where we're at right now. So we were talking about Kendall. Kendall trying to make this play. Is this a smart plan? Is this a good plan to save tech and put in Big Easy? What do you make of the plan of it? My problem from Kendall's perspective is how does this plan benefit Kendall? This is Jemmy's plan. Mm-hmm. This is Nehemiah's plan. Is it Kendall's plan? Right? Like, you yeah. gotta sort of ask, what's it for me? And Kendall, God love her, 
is not asking that crucial question. So as I feel like things are breaking down, right? There's one side of the house that's clearly like Mark, uh, uh, Brad, not Brad. What's my guy's name? Derek, uh, Big Easy. Like that's a crew that appears to me anyways to be a crew. Kendall, I don't think is is on that side with them. So maybe that's the the thing where she might not be on a side, but she knows those guys don't rep her. So maybe that's it. I, I don't know. I don't know. But either way, it did seem weird. And I don't even know if, I mean, we come to find out she clearly wasn't too sold on it either. But the biggest thing too, and the biggest point is they're all assuming that Kendall would be the one that gets to pick. And at this point, we have no idea how the rules are played out with the the lifesaver, right? So that's the part that made it super interesting to me as well, because we're talking about all these scenarios when in the end, who knows what happens with the lifesaver? And I thought that part was really interesting. Uh, So the next scene, we just have a quick cut. The lights are being turned out (laughs) in one of the bedrooms. And uh, presumably to save laundry, uh, Jemmy and Nehemiah decide to share a bed, right? Like one less just for space, just for space too, just for space. Yeah, yeah, it's smart. Maybe it's cold there too. True. Who's to say? It seems like they're bundling up at night. Sure. You know, body heat keeps. However, not right. That's a thing. That's right. Uh, Not everyone has gone to bed though. No. We've got Anissa and a few others talking game, and she's talking about how Ruthie plays a real paranoid game. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we bypass Jemmy, though, like, okay, I'll I'll ask you: Was this your line of the episode by any chance, or no? Uh, my line of the episode is coming. Okay, so well, I didn't want to like jump all over this if this was your line of the episode, but since it's not, like to me, a key point here is Jemmy's um, motives here. We'll say, right? Because is she trying to manipulate? Like, yes, she obviously is attracted to him. Yeah, she she likes the vibe. She kind of digs him, whatever. But she also is blatantly trying to manipulate him. No, like she says quote i know how guys in the challenge house think i'm sorry quote i know how guys think in the challenge house and a girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do yeah are we okay with this so here's what i think is going on i think jemmy is telling us that's for strategic purposes Mm. i don't know that she's being wholly honest okay Okay. Right? Like, I think I think Jemmy has her needs, too, which, fair enough. I also think that Jemmy, like, sometimes you have to justify your behavior before mm-hmm. you come around to the real reason you did it. Interesting. Because I don't, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's, yes, she's portraying it at this point as a manipulation. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's wholly a manipulation. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Anissa, like I said, is talking game, and she mentioned that mentions that Ruthie plays a real paranoid game, which is a mistake because when you're talking about a paranoid person being paranoid, they will show up. Like they will hear immediately. So if Ruthie comes out. And 
This is my line of the episode, just because I like saying it. <laughs> she tells Anissa to go fuck herself. And I gotta tell you, like, when I'm angry, nothing brings me joy like saying, go fuck yourself. And, like, really putting the emphasis on the fuck, like, sort of coughing it out. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And Ruthie really hit that same note as me. So I'm not saying it's the cleverest thing ever. I'm not saying it's witty or funny or deep. But I just, I loved seeing it deployed like this. And, like, I'm not even siding with what Ruthie was saying because she just was, like, going off without really any explanation <laughs> so i have a question for you right ruthie's mad about right. something a beef from like years ago what do you think of yeah. people coming on to this show and still holding the grudge from like a decade ago but having it impact their actual game like i understand why you would be mad because someone did something to you a decade ago and you wouldn't forget it cool but i might use that in a different way. Like I'm not going to overtly like get mad and like now cause an argument because now that's putting a, an X on my back. I might just use that information to be like, okay, well I know that I can't trust Anissa because of what happened years ago. I'm not going to let her know that I'm going to play nice and pretend mm -hmm. maybe, but overall when it comes down to the come down, I don't trust Anissa because of what she did. I just found it so funny that we've seen so many instances already where people come into this house a decade later and are airing out grievances in such a like loud and obnoxious way <laughs> that is only to the detriment of your own game. I mean, I guess Ruthie is true to herself. To answer your question, I... I don't know what I would do. I'm really bad about holding grudges. Okay. As in, I hold them forever. Which is cool. I'm not saying not to hold no, the grudge. I'm just saying now you're messing with the money because of your grudge that yeah. you've held for a decade. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the other thing. Like, it's not like, it's not like this was sprung on Ruthie. Mm -hmm. Like, Ruthie, before they started shooting, before they, like, went through quarantine, she had time to be like, oh, I might see Anissa and I'm still mad about it, <laughs> you know? Like, she has had time yeah. to maybe not process this anger, but certainly to recognize it yeah. and, like, decide how she's going to act on it. Yeah. So, and you're right. Like, I think she's undermining her own game because mm -hmm. Anissa's pretty popular. And again, like just as we set, set of tech, you don't want to put a, a target on your back for no reason. Like if you're going to put a target on your own back, make it worthwhile. And you're walking into a conversation that is already taking place with a group of people. And also, so clearly and that also, conversation is confidently being had in front of a group of people yeah. that are not on your side. <laughs> and also just like... You can tell by the way she was acting, the way she was speaking. Ruthie had been drinking. Know your limits. Like, even if you're drinking and, like, having a good time and, like, sometimes when, you, when you've been drinking and, like, things shift on you, mm -hmm. you don't realize it. But, like, that's when you got to go to bed, <laughs> right? Like, and Ruthie is now old enough to be, to know when to pull the shoot on the evening and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. Like, before I pop off. No, for sure. Even if people are talking shit about me, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. 
Totally. No one to walk away. Um, maybe Tech should have known when to walk away because, you know, Tech ends up down there versus Nehemiah. Kendall has a decision to make and she tries to ask TJ if there's a way to find out if she's the one that gets to pick who, who who replaces the person she takes off. And it's like, really? Do you think that TJ was going to tell you that? Like, seriously? So obviously TJ doesn't tell her. And well, but that's that's partly my earlier point was that the Jemmys and Durrells of this world and Anissa's they know that TJ's not going to tell them. Yeah. Like I think Kendall predates when TJ was on the show. Like I don't think <laughs> I don't think everyone understands how the ground has shifted and that the producers are not as friendly as they once were. Yeah. So she decides not to use it, which I kind of think is smart because, as you mentioned, yeah, she could be looked at as doing too much because the thing is i think you make a move like that if you're confident in numbers that you have behind you and i don't know how confident kendall should be in the numbers that she has behind her so she doesn't do it and uh it ends up being tech versus nehemiah and i'll say this about this elimination the actual elimination of having to like go in and you each are assigned a color and you have to smash out uh the glass panes or whatever the it wasn't glass it was uh whatever you had to punch uh, out a board that had drywall drywall thank you uh you had to punch out the drywall that corresponded to your color and the first one to get through it all wins I didn't mind that challenge. I thought the way that the apparatus was set up was cool because there were some that you had to like, you had to climb up and punch through. Then there were some like over top of you as in a roof that you had to kind of like swing across to get through and balance. Like it was hard and you had to be super athletic to do it. My yep. beef is there was absolutely no need to add in the part where you had to eat this like insanely hot pepper. What purpose is that? Carolina say? Reaper. Why? 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 It really seemed tacked on. It really seemed like one of the producers was in town and saw a bunch of Carolina Reapers for sale and was like, you know, that that elimination we're doing two days from now, I don't think it's tough enough. Let's buy some Carolina Reapers and make these guys suffer as they do it. Because like it really was, it did feel tacked on. How are you with spicy food? Like, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Carolina? I wouldn't have been able to do it. No. no. And so here, I, the other part is, so I thought that you would have to do it. And the first person to finish eating it and get a check, you get to go in first. I thought so too, but they didn't do that. No. So it, it literally served no purpose. Like at least if you had to eat the pepper and then the first person to finish the pepper, you get to go first. Cool. But that's not how it went. It was like, you just had to show that you ate it all. And then they still just stood there. It's like, this is stupid. That made no sense. I, I agree with you. I also thought it was going to be to get a head start, which would have been interesting. Sure. And like motivation. And also, like, they both retched a little and vomited a little mm -hmm. bit after having the two Carolina Reapers. And, but they both had time to recover before TJ blew the horn to start the competition yeah so like if they like nehemiah finished first if nehemiah finished first and immediately had to start running and then he's puking like that's more interesting 
like from a competitive standpoint because like you have this head start but you're also suffering and like running mm-hmm. and you know that tech is right behind you yeah but he's also throwing up right like so i agree i didn't i didn't love that twist it could have been better yeah um it's a real close competition though yeah and i mean even as it just starts like i'd love to see the time as it just starts as you mentioned tech starts throwing up right and gets into the actual apparatus just after nehemiah and so if you fast forward to the very end nehemiah gets to the circle just before a diving tech does so yeah maybe the ghost pepper did play a role i don't know whatever but i thought it was a pretty cool challenge all in all or elimination like just the actual part of having to break all those things like i thought that was a pretty cool challenge and that challenge was probably made for like those two dudes because they are super athletic dudes able to do that. But I feel like there's a lot of people that would have struggled at that in this crew. Oh yeah. Right. Like even a lot of dudes, I'm not even making this like some like masculine thing versus female. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not even doing that. Like I'm saying a lot of people in general, whoever you are would have struggled in that. So I feel like they were almost kind of like lucky ended up like big easy wouldn't have been able to do that. He would have lost easily to Nehemiah, right? Like tech made that close. Like um, Cyrus, would Cyrus have been able to do that really well? Right. I don't know. So I don't know. I found, I found it interesting, but a solid win for Nehemiah. He, he won. I still don't get the, the pepper, but sure. What was tech thinking exactly? Like the whole thing, like just volunteering and he's like, thinking he's tech money from the real world, man. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> who killed it for you this week? Um, who killed it for me in this episode? Why didn't I write that down? Who did kill it for me in this episode? I guess it's gotta be. <laughs> do you know who? I'll do you know what's you funny? Do you know what's funny? Do you know who didn't kill it? The producer that who? decided to add this stupid pepper. <laughs> they did not kill it in this episode. Okay. I'll tell you who killed it. To me, it's obvious. Nehemiah. Okay. Won an elimination. Mm-hmm. Has himself a little nocturnal fun. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's looking good. He's living his best life. Don't forget the last time, I think the last time Nehemiah was on was for the first season of Rivals when he was with Evan, and Evan basically threw the competition against uh, to put them into elimination against CT and Adam, and then it's suspected that Evan threw the competition against CT and Adam, like the elimination, yeah. because Evan had to go, he was starting like business school, and he had to like get back to the United States in time. Uh... So like, good for Nehemiah for getting back out there. And looking good. Like, you know, he looks competitive. People are definitely scared of him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, he's doing well. He's got an alliance. He's got himself a showman. Yeah. Or maybe a, a real manse. Who knows? Who knows? So, Nehemiah, you killed it. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. Like, subscribe to the You Killed It podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, of course, the On Blast Podcast Network. You know, find us on YouTube. Like and subscribe. It's how you support the movement. <laughs> 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jchidleyhill. You can find me on ICQ at 400-61080. And until hold on, next hold on, week, hold on. Why did you ever need to know your ICQ number? Uh, I mean, to log on when I was in high school. You needed to know your ICQ number for that, really? I don't remember. I don't know how. I really I don't, don't remember. I memorized it. All I remember is that like the the keyboard had the like typewriter sound when you used it. Yep, yep, I do remember that. And the uh ooh. Yeah. Every time a message was that ICQ or was that MSN Messenger? I think it was ICQ. Either way. There's people listening to this that are like, what are you guys talking about right now? Listen, this isn't it's TikTok. A throwback season. This is a throwback season. We're having throwback conversations. Fair. Fair. Can't wait till we start talking about like the Edison twins and other eighties Canadian wow. kids shows. Wow. <laughs> wow. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it. <laughs>